0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the com movies and a television podcast. As always, I'm your host Awake. Join today we have Caveman. Agree. Uh, yeah, I It's the it's seasonal insomnia, everybody. Time of year when the seasons change and I get fucked Up, Dead man is. gets insomnia? I get ridiculous levels of asthma. Yay! Seasons! Fuck you, d- Earth. I was trying to think of the specific thing, but I forget how seasons happen. It's like, relative distance to the sun plus orbit. the angle of the axis, because the angle of the axis of the Earth. Fuck you, Orbit. Is that what we're looking for? Fuck you, Orbit? I uh, just fuck you, Earth. Get to, like, the root of the problem. Why, why do you have to be so round? Why can't you be flat like Minecraft? I I will... <sighs> I'm too tired to even threaten you. <laughs> oh, I can get away with so much. <laughs> okay. I'm too tired to threaten you over that. Much. <laughs> Anyway, we're here talking about movies, TV, and stuff, and a really big thing happened a few hours ago. Stranger Things Season 2 got released. Have you gotten a chance to watch it yet, Caveman, at all?
1: I still haven't gotten a chance to watch Season 1. Okay, then.
0: I just finished it.
1: It dropped a few hours ago and yes, he just finished it.
0: Yep. It launched at three AM.
1: While you were awake.
0: It launched at three AM and I finished it about an hour ago. And it is now currently about one PM where I am. So yeah, it was it wasn't as good as season one. We're not going to get super deep into it, because, again, it literally just came out. And I don't want to spoil it for Caveman, because I want Caveman to watch fucking Stranger Things. I will. I will. Yeah, those was getting, like, broad stuff. So, for those that don't know, Stranger Things, series from the series from the two dudes called The Devil Brothers came out last year. It was a big fucking hit, it, because it was, A, just a really good show. Like top to bottom, like actor wise, story wise, effects wise, and stuff. But also, it was just this fucking bomb of eighties nostalgia. They're just like fucking like, hey, we got this, we got this poster for the fucking Dark Crystal, and we got like ass loads of D and D shit in this. A D and D, right? Yeah, A D and D, like some fucking like original ass D and D
1: those of you who don't know, my absolute favorite thing about AD&D is half of any DM's rule books were just notebooks that he wrote down shit that he would not allow players to do anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about AD&D. Uh, <laughs> because I know some of my DMs are like that. <laughs> Alright, shit caveman isn't allowed to do. Alright. In my notebook, it's chemistry. I'm not a chemist. A, f- a chemist friend of mine tricked me, <laughs> deceived me. Or maybe they were just trying to deceive that DM so that we could have something cool.
0: But yeah. So um, going into season two, uh, well, because the first season was about Will Byers. He disappeared, and then it turned into this huge fucking conspiracy involving other dimensions and psychics and all kinds of shit. Going into season two, it is one year after that. It has been one year since the events of Stranger Things season one. And everyone's just trying to get on with their lives. Uh, Will Byers, the kid from the first season, uh, who disappeared, he is trying to reintegrate into, into his life. But his mom is babying him, babying him super hard. His brother is doing his best, but you know it's kind of hard to be. It's kind of hard, to, like, know what to do when your kid, when your like younger brother, is suffering from PTSD from interdimensional shenanigans.
1: Always the most fun.
0: Yeah, and yeah, Will is having like PTSD flashbacks to being in the Upside Down, which is the alternate reality. And then, yeah, things start getting weird as he starts, as Will starts having visions of stuff that never happened to him while he was over there and things that may be happening right now. So then everything just fucking starts getting kicked up again. As we get into another round of weird bullshit with fucking flower face tooth demons: I really need to watch this show.: <laughs> You really do, because they're getting more into D and D in this a bit, like a little bit:
1: like I don't if- know why people think that all you have to do to get something to appeal to me is say there's D and D in it. I I'm actually not- usually despise when something has D and d in it I'm not saying
0: I'm like not saying that, that episode
1: like of the big bang theory.
0: Well, yeah, well, fuck the Big Bang Theory, just straight up. But I'm saying it because you, because, like, as talking about it, you expressed interest in the D&D aspect of it. And in this, they pull out a fucking, like, AD&D monster manual. (laughs) Specifically so that they, so specifically so that they can name the big bad thing for this season, the Mind Flayer. (laughs) Ace.
1: That tra- is exactly how I would fucking uh like name monsters if I ever got dragged into a evil dimension. It would be okay, uh D&D time. Yeah. Yeah. Going to use a little bit of D&D knowledge to name these creatures.
0: Yeah, and actually it actually it was the only reason they did that was because it was the best analogy they could think of to describe that shit to the normies around them. Nice. Nice. Because, yeah, a good chunk of the characters uh, from the first season, they essentially form up like the world's youngest monster hunters. Because it's a bunch of eighth eighth graders and three high school students. And then one of the eighth graders' moms.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching this. I might force my friends to watch it with me just because it's more entertaining for me. Well, they've already seen it. But it's more entertaining for me to have a group to riff things
0: with. Fuck if you want. I'd sit down over over fucking Discord and watch it with you.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe. Maybe that'll be how I finally watch it. Yeah. We'll see.
0: Yeah, so. um, I'm trying to think of a way to talk about the show without spoiling things. Okay, so new characters. So we got a bunch of new characters in this. um, Specifically three ones of importance. Uh, Technically four, but I'm not really going to talk about the fourth one because, like he he's not that important. But so we get three new people: Uh, Max, uh, short for Maxine, uh, the new girl in town. Uh, She ends up uh, forming. He ends up joining up with the party as they refer to themselves of our main group kids. Uh, We got her brother Billy, uh, played by Power Rangers alumnus Dacre Montgomery. I was the- half
1: hoping that it would be one of the people who played Billy.
0: <laughs> uh, no, no, it's the guy who plays uh, Jason in the new movie. Uh, and in this one, he plays a sociopath. Who gets beaten by his dad and then beats his sister. And also looks like a child rapist. I know it was the 80s, but like, he is unfortunately 80s. It's also unfortunate because he's kind of pointless. Like the whole... I'm not 100% sure why he is in this season. And like, it's not a knock against him. I I actually think Dacre is a decent actor. Like given that I've seen him in two things and liked him in both things. I'm starting to lean towards he's actually kind of alright as an actor. It's just, there is nothing for him to do... And his like subplot with Max is kind of pointless. Other than adding in some extra threat for the gang, the party. But when you have interdimensional demons and the potential end of the world, a jackass with a bad haircut isn't exactly high on the list of threats. <laughs> uh, and then we also have uh, Sean Astin. You know, Samwise Gamgee.
1: Oh!
0: As Mr. Winona- Frodo! Yes, as Winona Ryder's new boyfriend. He is the daddest man to ever work at a radio shack. Just he, everything everything about him exudes new dad who's trying a bit too hard. Like, like you ever see Liar Liar?
1: Yeah, I have. I love Liar
0: Liar. Yeah, just imagine when Carrie Elways, but Samwise. Mm. It's like, yeah, he's trying, but like, it, mm. just mm.
1: full. I'm actually worried that if my mom ever marries my dad, my new dad's going to end up like that. And I'm like, I'm thirty.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, look out! It's the hook. Stop it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but now in
0: this he's like really he's like he's into Kenny Rogers and he's like oh fucking sick Mr. Mom let's go watch it but then he's also like a huge fucking nerd and like he works at a radio shack and knows basic and he does radio a shack fuck, was still a thing yeah cause it's the 80s and like he does a great job he is very he's very much likable like yeah he is he is a super dork. He is the he is one of the dorkest dudes in this show. It's a show about a bunch of kids playing D&D. And he is the dorkiest motherfucker out of the lot, but he is just he's admirable. He is he's able to rise he's able to rise above his own problems. He is a, he's like he's like super nice and is like actively and he's like actively trying to be involved in the life of his girlfriend's kids like he wants to do that and he wants to like have them like him and be a good new dad yeah he's great uh, the rest of the cast is there they do well again I'd, I can't get too deep into it without spoiling everything
1: we get a bunch of solid performances from everybody who was there
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, We also get a bizarre kind... We also get some bizarre arcs for characters who are already... Like, for previous characters, like... Steve. Just the character of Steve. He he has the weirdest arc out of everybody in this show, and I kind of love him for it. Like He starts out as just a haircut. And turns. <laughs> no, his like, like in, in the first season, like in the first season. No, for I a fully good, believe you. Yeah, in the first season, for a good chunk, for like, a, for like a not, a not insignificant chunk of it, his defining characteristic is his hair. And his hair is actually kind of a plot point in this in this season.
1: That is that is brilliant. I love it.
0: Okay. But yeah, he goes from just like that to being essentially like a de facto member of the party. And spending like a good chunk of time just like essentially chaperoning the kids around as they go put their life in danger to fight demons. (laughs) Yeah. uh, uh, David Harbour as Hop, the new, uh, he's the guy playing Hellboy and that kind of thing. He's still solid. Uh, he. There's actually something that I didn't notice that I like now can't help but notice every time it's in frame. Uh, which I can't actually tell you about or mention. Well, you've seen season one, caveman.
1: We'll have forgotten about it by the time we get. I get around to watching it. Don't worry.
0: No, I. I don't. I still don't want to say it. Just uh, I. I should not have binged it. Yeah, but so. The, the big takeaway, I guess, from what I'm trying to say with all this is that it is still a solid show. It is just not as good as season one. Like the big overarching threat is is a bit more of a slow burn. It's less of a like it's less of a ticking clock on things of like, oh, we got to save Will or he's gonna fucking die, and more of we need to figure out what's going on. Oh, we figured out what's going on. Okay, let's stop it. And like the we figured out what's going on, let's stop it happens like two thirds the way through the series. And it keeps diverging into these weird-ass plot lines and plot threads that just come out of nowhere, resolve in the worst ways, and don't really add anything to the story above a very artificial threat. Or just weird non-sequiturs. Like, there's a fucking... They introduce a conspiracy theory journalist into this fucking season... Who is there for a quick cameo in one episode, is there for the majority of it is the there for a majority of the episode uh, near the middle, and then is shown in another cameo at the end. And I'm not a hundred percent sure why he's there. It is this he is just this weird anomalous character who doesn't feel like a character. He feels like a caricature.
1: What if he's like the um Observers from Fringe.
0: He's not
1: there, and like we know nothing about him. It does happen.
0: Yeah, but the observers, at least at the start, were relatively interesting. This guy's not. This guy's like a fucking. This guy, this guy. If, if, this, if the show was set today, he would be running a conspiracy theory blog.
1: of people aren't interesting just because they sit at home all day deciding who's after them that particular day. And I really should stop talking.
0: Yeah, it's I don't know why he's there. He's just this fucking joke of a person. And like I said, uh, the like Billy and Max side of things is also this artificial threat, like the main artificial threat. Which is a shame, because I actually really like Max. I think she's a decent addition to the team. And for some reason, Mike is just the biggest dickbag to her from start to finish. And and then there's a side plot with Dustin, who's the the kid with the fucked up teeth. Uh, He... Something happens with him that is kind of stupid. That again, I can't go into. Just, if you you were a fan of season one, you'll like season two, but it is not as good as season one. Just going to end it there, because I've been talking about this for almost 20 minutes. But yeah, Stranger Things season two, it's good. Watch it, you fuckers. I'm directing that partially at sure. you, Caveman. You fuckers. <sighs> That's the big thing. Yeah, so I got like fucking 20 other things to talk about. So man, why don't you go?
1: Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is something that I am very happy to finally get to see and ecstatic that it actually came out. I want to talk about power rangers ninja steel okay heard the title and thought it would be stupid
0: i watched the first episode and thought it would be
1: stupid watched the first eight and i was pleasantly surprised i may be wrong but i personally feel like this is a return to classic power rangers okay kind of ideas that they had if that makes sense Okay, so um, you've probably seen it if you care. If you haven't, um, we've got we've got. What I actually think is really, really interestingly suited to this uh, system. First, you've got the assistant character, Redbot. Who they go really early in to like, giving him a yeah no, he's more than a robot. But he has feeling like that's just the first thing we want to get clear and i i, I it's an interesting episode i wouldn't say it's an amazing episode <laughs> um it's a good episode um but eh okay it's, it's i i'm okay so he want he decides he wants to go to a dance in the episode weird but I can accept it
0: yeah that's Power Rangers
1: um then you've got the mentor character
0: I don't know if you were talking there because you were silent for about 10 seconds
1: my brain shut off it's been doing that recently Okay. Okay, mentor Um, character. You've got the whose name is Mick, who's a shape changer, who knows so fucking much about just the ninja stuff in general. Like everything. He knows all these myths and legends built around it.
0: He Wait, he's the um, mentor? I thought he was the boom. You know what with him being the guy who played Boom? So the boom.
1: He's a bit of a goofball but he does all of the mentoring. Like in there's an episode in which Ranger Yellow, I think no, no. Is it Ranger White? Is it Truck uh, Boy uh, or Dog Girl? It's neither of those, so it must be like Ranger Pink or Summit. Is it Train Girl or Dragon Boy? Yeah, it's it's Ranger Pink. Okay. Uh, Sarah Thompson. Yes. Uh, Ranger Pink. Um
0: Train Girl slash the Hoverboarder.
1: She's, like, apparently she's a genius and is able to prevent, able to invent
0: solid hologram technology. Uh, Naturally. I mean, she made a hoverboard. Yeah, but she she invented solid. Like, hovering hard light constructs, they're basically the same thing, right? Yeah, but she
1: invented this device, and it allowed her to split herself between multiple uh, clubs and tasks, and he sees that and is like, I know the exact way to get her to stop doing this stupid shit, and he comes out in a one-man band costume, and annoys the fuck out of her, (laughs) and... (laughs) He's like, I want to, l- I want to learn how to play an instrument. So I decided, why not learn how to play all of them? And she's like, No, 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 no. Pick one and learn how to do it well. But isn't, aren't you doing the same thing, doing sixteen tasks and doing them all terribly? That makes so much sense. I'm going to stop this now. <laughs> I'm going to mentor
0: you through annoyance.
1: <laughs> it's, he does do good, like standard mentoring too. But all of his lessons make sense. Which, I'm looking at you, Gerbil man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fucking um, Gerbil. Oh, like, I am super hyped for this uh, season. I assume we only have the first eight episodes of a season, because I can't imagine Nickelodeon letting them put out an eight-episode season. Um, but I'm super excited for this show. It feels like a return to normal. Um, and I still need to go over the rest of the cast.
0: Um, Uh, so... There are just, preference, uh, 18, uh, there are 18 episodes right now. Okay.
1: On Netflix or in general? In general. Okay. Um, then there's, uh, Ranger Red. Uh, uh, which, originally, it's this white guy who is a trained ninja. And normally I'd be offended by that. Because, like, it's like, oh, it's supposed to be Asian, but... I'm not – it's actually kind of cool because he actually seriously respects the culture and style. It's kind of everything else that makes me like, you guys really shouldn't call yourselves ninjas. Uh, (laughs) Because they don't use any ninja tactics. They don't use stealth. They just shoot things.
0: Yeah, you know, ninjas. But
1: but it's the main – it's our Red Ranger lead's father who first activates the ninja uh, star – and turns into Ninja Red Ranger Red.
0: Yeah, then it was a bit misleading to say like, yeah. So our Red, so our Red Ranger starts out as white because uh, like he's not a, he's technically a Red Ranger, but he's not really a Red Ranger.
1: As a Red Ranger, because he does the most awesome thing of any Red Ranger in my opinion, and that is sacrifice himself so that the bad guy can't get the ultimate weapon.
0: And that's not as cool as trying to run the bad guy over with your car.
1: I say it's cooler. Uh well, it's almost as cool as running at the bad guy shooting your guns.
0: Carter Grace until I die, motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> that is, that is downright the most badass thing any power red ranger has ever done. But like eh, that's like pretty close second. But then there's his son, who he had been training to be a Red Ranger. Um not specifically a Red Ranger. Training to be a ninja. And the son gets abducted by the aliens and forced to work in their junk pit.
0: You know, like you do. If you want a slave, you need to, you need to, get, you need to put the guy into janitorial services.
1: You go know, a, while, a while in the first episode without really getting to see him as the Red Ranger. Yep. Longer than I thought we would. Because they have him bring um, the ninja power things are in this ninja prism thing, which is a giant shuriken made out of magic.
0: You know, Power Rangers.
1: And the aliens are hosting this game show. And I, I I really love this premise. The aliens choose their monsters and empower them via the game show. And in the very first fight, we get to see a callback. We get to see Vingix versus a fear cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> so yeah, we do. Cool. I, I, love, I love it when they reuse costumes like that. It's so good.
0: Yeah, it's um, just, hey, we have these lying around. We haven't used them in, like, what, seven years? Fuck it.
1: Um, but... They like the game show is it's like the whole framing device and they get the audience to say when they want people to be, you know, and like they have to follow the rules of the game show, which is why they can't just send down every monster to destroy this place. Yeah, it which is, is absolutely
0: a, brilliant. It is a very <laughs> a lot of the all the really best season of Power Rangers. They do do that thing where they actually find a reasonable excuse in world as to why they can't just send out fucking all their monsters. Like, oh, why doesn't Rancic just send all of his shit? Well, he has a fucking limited number because he he's only in one prison.
1: <laughs> but Brody jumps out of the ship with the ninja star thingy and Mick and Robo Red, which is, the again, the name of their uh, robot. Wasn't it partner. Redbot? Red, no, sorry, Redbot. Redbot is the name of his partner. Robo Red is the name of his uh, Zord, which is another thing I like, but I'll get to that after I've introduced the entire team. Then you've got uh Preston who calls himself Presto who I want to punch in the face.
0: Yeah. He's a uh, Yoshi yeah. Sudarsel's brother. I'm a wizard. He's a, he's a
1: terrible terrible magician and he's honestly in my opinion the worst actor.
0: Yeah, he's kind of not great. He,
1: his arc is kind of mediocre, his I'm just I'm not a big fan of him and I, I I'm that, I, that's all I'm gonna say about him because I don't want to tear him down too much, but we're gonna get to a character that actually hits really close to home for me next, and that is Ranger Yellow, Truck Boy, and then all the girls because they introduce the sixth Ranger really quickly. Um, the reason it hits home for me is he's afraid of driving, as he got into a severe accident in his opinion and like he's just afraid of driving uh and that like i don't like to drive i will drive but i don't like to drive because i've been hit by cars so many times and i am terrified of being on the other end of that because i've seen how very few of the people react to hitting me I had one guy who was like, are you sure you're okay? Look, dude, I don't I don't want you doing anything until you've gotten checked out. He was freaking out, and it terrifies me to think that I might be on the other end of that. So, having a character who's like, yeah, no, driving is scary. It hits home for me. <laughs> I, I really like that aspect of him, but I also like the fact that he doesn't let it stop him from doing something he loves, which is both being a ranger and... Working on his truck,
0: yeah, fucking his his big like all in the, in this uh season all the individual rangers that kind of have their own like individual things which which is a bit of is a bit of a contrivance as to why they have their zords being what they are, but yeah, like his whole thing is his whip just that's there's a reason I'm calling him truck boy.
1: There's uh one last thing that I one one final male that I have to talk about and I honestly think he's the worst named of our heroes. His name is Levi Weston. Fucking fuck you. Wild West Ninja. Fuck you. Jesus Christ. He's got a cowboy hat helmet. Um the little like um oh god, I can't remember what it's called. Uh it it's he's got this thing that almost could be the original Green Ranger's shield except it's got fringe on it because <laughs> reasons cuz cowboys um, I don't I don't like I don't like the design I don't really like the character's name I don't think it belongs in the show it does not fit at all in my opinion it is very outlandish and I would
0: really really prefer you know I think in the Sentai, either his communicator or his morpher was a cheeseburger. Is so dumb. Um,
1: but they didn't do what I thought they would do. Uh, and I, because I, I thought they were going to make the gold ranger, uh, Brody's brother. But that Brody's brother's name was Levi Weston. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't really know much about him because we, we don't have very many episodes with him. Because well, I don't think he fits on the team. Yeah, on Netflix. You guys get to watch more if you have Nickelodeon, but I don't get to. Um, so now we finally get to move on to the women. Yes. first one I, that I have to talk about is one. I'm, gonna, I'm talking about her first because she hasn't done anything. <laughs> Again, I haven't gotten all the episodes yet, so I don't know if she becomes awesome. But it, she is the White Ranger, uh, and her name is Haley. Dog, girl. and she is she is Yellow Ranger's girlfriend, who Redbot asks out. Uh, Laughs it off like you're a robot. You don't have feelings.
0: Uh,
1: like, that's the one character moment she has. She thinks all robots don't have feelings, and then when she finds out Redbot has feelings, she immediately apologizes.
0: Wait, she th- are there a lot of robots in this world? Pink
1: made holographic technology, and they just kind of shrug it off. So I'm gonna say yes.
0: Yeah, but like it's you, any kind of technology stuff is only inferred. Like, like if if it's like yeah, robots don't have feelings. You fucking tin can. That's either just oh, I watched movies, and in movies, robots don't have feelings. Fuck robots. Or the only robots they have are, like, so low-key, so low-rate, they don't even have fucking any kind of, like, AI in them. What? I... This world I don't do, make we sense. We haven't
1: seen any other robots. <laughs> we haven't seen any other robots yet. But... This world is annoying. Um, the final ranger that I need to talk about are is uh, Sarah, who is Ninja Steel Pink. And she is, like, she's the
0: Billy of the group. Yeah, we mentioned her briefly before.
1: We have the group, and um, now that I've finally talked about her, because I've already given you everything you need to know about her personality In the when I was talking about uh, Mick, who, according to this wiki, his last name is Kanik. Of course it fucking is. Um, this series, This season is really goofy, but that's one of the things I loved about the original Power Rangers, and I fucking love it. Okay. They named their zords, which, again, I fucking love. I mean, their reasoning for naming their zords is dumb. I love their zords. Um, let's see. Uh, there's Robo Red, which... I'm guessing it's the Blue Ranger he, zord, right? N- yes, it is the Blue Ranger zord. Uh, actually, the blue one's only the only one I think named one, his Zord reasonably, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, but he names his uh, Robo Red because it's a giant red robot. Like, uh, okay, that's uncreative. Isn't then the it... Blue Ranger names his Dragon Zord because it's a dragon. That makes sense. Great, that's I think makes sense. And then the Yellow Ranger names his the Nitro Zord because his truck is named Nitro and it's a big yellow truck.
0: I would have named it Tonka.
1: Then the big white dog Zord gets named Kodiak because that's the dog? Like we don't get we never we don't see the dog before she names the Zord. No we do. So we do? I don't remember it. First episode. The dog's in the truck Really? Okay. But the Pink Ranger is, my, my, in my opinion, by far the worst offender. She's a train. I'm going to name this one the Zoom Zord, because it goes fast. Yeah! Zoom Zoom,
0: motherfucker. Mazda.
1: Now, before I get on to the, as far as I know, big villain, I want to talk about the worst thing that this show did. Okay. Monty and Victor Vincent.
0: Right, yeah, fuck those dudes. Sure,
1: supposed to be the bulk and skull of this series, (laughs) but bulk and skull were never this dumb. Ever.
0: Yeah, and it's also a very rote, like, dynamic between the two of them. Like, one of them is the jock, and the other one is the nerd.
1: nerd is the obedient little bitch boy, too.
0: Yeah. He like is, he, is he is quite
1: obviously in love with uh Victor Vincent.
0: Totally, yeah. He's he's totally the sub. He catches. Not well, but you know, he tries. Like one the
1: there is one thing I like about Victor Vincent, and it comes from the episode in which he tries to fight a monster. Miserably sees his video online and instead of saying oh, no, I'm going to kill whoever did this, which is one of the cliched responses. Instead, he's like, look at how many views I have. (laughs) I've got more views than the Power Rangers. And I'm just like, okay, I I can respect that. And here and there with them, because some episodes, they're kind of funny. Most episodes, they're really annoying. (laughs) And they never add anything to the plots. Except for that one episode where they destroy a device that was making the rangers' lives a lot easier. Wait, what? The episode where they fight a a monster, Um, they spot that Ranger Red had been using um, a bracelet. Or, no. Yeah, yeah, uh, Ranger Red had been using a bracelet that was giving him all the answers. So they steal his bracelet thingy, which... Like, they later remodel into the communicators, which I'm cool with, um, and ask it, how do I become more popular than the Power Rangers? So, the the bracelet says, defeat a monster, because that's what makes the Rangers popular. I also think this is a universe that's never had Rangers before.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Um, but they go out there in the dorkiest fucking superhero costumes with the intent of defeating a monster by using a fire extinguisher. The fire extinguisher malfunctions and in, like, the ensuing conflict, the device that tells you how to do everything gets destroyed.
0: Okay, so A, great plan. Uh, B, the, guy, the, the thing didn't say go out there, pretend to be a superhero and defeat a monster, it said defeat a monster. So you could have gone out there as yourself. Victor Vincent. He
1: they they do a lot of damage to the show, and like I tend to ignore them whenever they're on screen. Very, that's that's not that's not a good thing. No, no, it's not. But I still love the show. So like even like even with their terribleness, they don't manage to damage the show enough for me to stop paying attention to it.
0: Yeah, uh, actually, go back to the Zords a bit for a second. Um, I actually did want to. Mentioned something when we talked about those. The Zords were actually a thing that turned me off of this show. Really? Yeah, like, I am. The Zords look too disparate from each other.
1: See where you're getting at from that?
0: Because, like, like, so the Zords are a big person, a train, a dragon, a dog, and a truck. Those are the Zords from, like, three to four different Ranger teams. And it is just this weird fucking disparate m- hodgepodge of fucking Zords that make it look like I'm trying to watch a fan edit of three different Power Ranger series. Whenever they're doing reason Zord o- shit. The reason I'm okay with
1: it is how we... is uh One real problem with this series is if you don't like the team getting new zords constantly constantly they get, they have logical reasons for why they're getting them but I feel like every episode had a new weapon wrong but I feel like pretty much every episode had a new weapon <laughs> but when we see them getting new zords it kind of makes sense because they tend to be based off of stuff that just like lying around earth <laughs> like, I'm dead serious here. So I what I think went on went on here is when the zords were forged, they took inspiration from the wielder. Outlier being the dragon sword, but No, it's magic. It it kind of oh, uh, yeah. It Yeah, it's like what, what else was going to be sense. a fucking top hat cuz the train themed zord kind of looks like the hoverboard.
0: It like, kind it, it, it was the fact that like the hoverboard thing was like her first thing, like that was kind of like the defining thing about her. Like each of them kind of has like their own defining thing of oh, this is the most important thing to me, and then it becomes the zord, like Truck Boy, Dog Girl, Magic Man. The Red which is
1: Ranger. why I don't really have a giant problem with it. My biggest problem with it is the dog zord serves no purpose on the actual mech.
0: Yeah, like, it might have it might have been a bit easier if she it's had a, if just she... a shoe. Yeah, but like like the uh, like the pink zord might have been a bit better if she had to come in on like a hover car instead of a hover board. like an actual vehicle.
1: I, like, but my my biggest problem with it is the fact that the white zord, the Kodiak dog thingy, is just a shoe. It's not even the leg.
0: <laughs> it's a shoe. It's
1: it's, it's a shoe. <laughs>
0: it is a singular shoe. Like um, let
1: me see. Let me send it to is you. Just
0: that is. Just if it is a singular shoe, that is the most pathetic Zord I've ever seen.
1: The uh, thing so you can see what it looks like. Um, I'm looking at it like the leg is white. But you can tell that the rest of it is from the fucking train. Yeah, it's yeah, just it a is. cap on top of it. Yeah, it is. Just, it's, not like, even, it's,
0: it's the train. It's not even a shoe. It's the
1: tongue for the
0: shoe. Yeah, it's, it's the train, and then just on on this fucking shoe is just the dog head just going, I'm helping. Look at my fucking Voltron knife.
1: Yeah. I, I can understand you not really liking the Zords. I do, but I can understand it. Um, when they introduce more Zords, there tends to be a theme of them looking like vehicles and then transforming into humanoid forms. But so as of yet, the main Zords haven't done that.
0: Yeah. Oh, actually, another fun fact about the Zords: Um, uh, Robot Red, uh, in the Sentai, was originally just Redbot.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, just Redbot would just grow to Zord sized.
1: Uh, So the uh, last thing I really feel I need to talk about is uh, the villain. Eh. (laughs) He's kind of your standard, I'm the villain and I'm going to conquer the
0: world. Get me the Power Ranger MacGuffin!
1: Actually, that's his big thing. He wants the Power Ranger MacGuffin because he believes it will make him the greatest warrior in the universe, which is kind of true because it seems like all you have to do to wield the power of the Ninja Power Stars is hold them.
0: But isn't he so already... He is
1: absorbing up? the power from the... Yeah, he is supposedly the most powerful warrior in the uh, galaxy already.
0: But he wants to be even stronger. I mean, like... A-plus for self-improvement goals? But, like, come on, dude. Like, it gets to a point. And he's... He's got two
1: followers, Ripcon and Madame Odius, who, like, Ripcon is the loyal fall boy, and Madame Odius is plotting against him.
0: I never would have guessed. I don't
1: know for certain. I don't know for certain, but I'm, like, 98% certain she's got her own evil plan.
0: I mean, with a name like Odius, how can you not be trustworthy? But, yeah, that is Power Rangers Ninja Steel. I'm
1: thoroughly loving it. I really am. But I can also understand not being the biggest fan.
0: (laughs) Yeah. and Actually, speaking of this, um, there's another Power Rangers thing happening right now that's kind of new and kind of big. Um, There is a new um, Twitch stream uh, from these guys called Hyper RPG that is actually a tabletop RPG semi-canonical Power Rangers team.
1: And you need to get their rules and run this for us.
0: I have been looking for what system they're using and it never lists it anywhere. But yes, yeah, so like it is a it is a team, it is a it is a fucking thing that is being run. Uh it has uh Peter Sidarso, uh, who play, who plays Preston as the Red Ranger. Uh it has Bulk as the Yellow Ranger. Like not like Bulk actually bulk, but like the actor who played Bulk, playing a different character, I believe. Uh, it's got Andre the Black Nerd as the Blue Ranger. And in the first episode of their stream, they had Aaron Cahill, a.k.a. Gen Time Force Pink, as Gen Time Force Pink. And yeah, it is run It is run like a Critical Role-style D&D stream, where it is just fucking two tables of people sitting down playing fucking D&D, but it's Power Rangers. It's called Power Ranger Hyper Force. And it is apparently, like, it's got Haim Saban's seal of approval. And yeah, the second I fucking heard that, I began furiously trying to find what fucking system they were running. Yeah, can you imagine what I'm doing right now? <laughs> but they never list it they never list it. All they do is say, "Yeah, we're running an RPG. We're building a fucking Twitch tie-in so that you can like vote for your favorite ranger or something." Not shit about what motherfucking system. Is it fates? Is it gurps? Is it some
1: fucking weird Likely, but I'd want to hear their their edits so that is it you don't have to just worlds? build everything.
0: What the fuck no, is this? God damn worlds. it. I need to know. Savage worlds. worlds is a terrible system. I need to know how many dice of which kind I need. Is it a D10 system? Fucking D20 system? Some weird bullshit where they have like fucking magic dice made of fucking mithril or some bullshit? Tell me. I might have a problem. Let's keep watching. We can't. We have to play this.
1: Um, okay, so I, I rewatched How to Train Your Dragon one and two because I found out that there is a huge interconnected overarching TV series connected to these movies. Yes, there are. Yes, there is. I mean, so I when I found that out, I got super excited. Um, just gonna give my brief thoughts on How to Train Your Dragon one and two. They're fucking good. Okay, anyway, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I found out that there was an interconnected TV series because I was like, eh, Dragon's Race to the Edge. That's that thing that was on Nickelodeon. Not Nickelodeon, uh, Cartoon Network. Turn it on. That is not that thing that was on Cartoon Network. (laughs) (laughs) Halfway through season one. Okay, you know what? I should look up and see. Um, There are two other seasons that I need to find. Two other series that I need to find.
0: Yeah, um the first couple I believe take place in between uh how to train your dragon one and two. All
1: three of them take place in between how to train your dragon one and two. Okay.
0: Interconnecting um. material. Mm-hmm. And starring and I'm a, going to find them and play and, and starring them. a chunk of the movie cast. A lot of the voices are reprised. Yeah, like a couple of them do like bail out, but the the the, the mo- most most uh, most of the ones are there. Jay Baruchel, how do you fucking pronounce his name? He's still playing Hiccup. I'm pretty sure America Ferreira, I think she voices Astrid? I don't know, it's been a long time and I'm really tired. Anyway. What are we talking Why about? does no one care about the system that they're using? Because, Fuck uh. us. You want, you want to run a Power Rangers thing? Fuck you. Watch our Power Rangers thing and try to try to fucking make a system out of this, fuckers. Uh,
1: next thing I want to talk about is Murdoch Mysteries. I've talked about it before, but I'm re-watching it because I found out that a character that left came back. Ah, uh, yes. The uh, Canadian
0: detective show.
1: Yeah, the Canadian detective show set in the turn of the century. Yep. And, yeah, it's... In Toronto. It's a lot campier than I thought it was when I first watched it. Like, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is fun and good. But now that I'm going back, I'm like, wow, this is goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, these characters are more than a little bit goofy, aren't they? Nah, it's still fun and good, but more than a little bit. That's a really stupid reasoning to do things. Yep. Okay. Um, that's really all I have to say about it. It's uh, available for streaming. Um, I recommend it if you're looking for a not a murder mystery where they don't show you grisly ass corpses every five minutes. I'm looking at you wire in the blood. I'm looking at you half of Hulu's detective shows.
0: But also kind of ironically, for a while there, this Canadian TV series was not available on Canadian Netflix.
1: Well, it's not available on Netflix at all, I think. It it? It was for a while. I think they switched their sur- their to exclusively being a Hulu thing.
0: Oh great. Now it's on Hulu, a service I can't get in Canada. I thought did, did they change it again? Yeah, I I tried. I did I, for a little while. I literally I literally a few weeks ago tried to fucking sign up for a free trial of Hulu and it would not let me input a Canadian postal code.
1: Wow, that sucks.
0: Like I actually tried. Like So Canadian postal codes, for those that don't know, in America, postal codes are five numbers, I believe. Whereas in Canada, it is uh, six characters, three letters, and three numbers. Jesus. Yeah, so as I tried to input the letters, they just didn't input. That
1: really sucks. So, yeah. Well, the final thing that I want to talk about is uh, have you walk, caught up on DuckTales yet? Yes, I have. Latest
0: episode? Um, latest episode being the internship. Yeah, seriously. Fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah Jesus Christ. <laughs> I,
1: I know that kind of shit happens, but fuck that guy.
0: Yeah, like seriously. Most recent episode, it was... We got to meet the latest billionaire in Duckburg and he is what I imagine every person in like in like old money business imagines a tech startup guy being. Cuz like you he go into his office and it's like gigantic douchebag. Yeah cuz like you go into um, his office and we got like it's like yeah we have trampolines outside the office and they just fucking hang out doing whatever. We have slides instead of staircases. That doesn't seem to do any work either,
1: except for the ice, the snow, the snow cone guy. Yeah, like the snow cone guy seems to be the only one doing any work. Fuck that guy. Fuck, fuck
0: his boss in particular. Just fuck him. Not fuck the snow cone guy. The snow cone guy's doing the snow cone guy's fucking getting a paycheck.
1: Okay, the snow cone guy is doing good. He's doing work. He
0: is a legitimate um, businessman. <laughs>
1: He's working his ass off. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um meanwhile, this
0: other guy is making money off of hype. Beak something or other. Uh yeah, some kind of fucking some tech startup asshole named as a bird pun. I'm looking it up. Um
1: but I I kind of feel like Mark he's a Beaks. jab at Steve J- yeah. I kind of feel like he's a jab at Steve Jobs. I
0: thought he was a. I thought he was a jab at uh, Mark Zuckerberg.
1: That also makes sense. That would make sense. My the reason I said uh, Steve Jobs is because of the phones. No,
0: nah, it now nah, nah, it seems like he like uh, Steve Jobs. He was like he wasn't a tech startup. Like this is this, this is specifically like the idea of like some kid who was like twenty came across this one idea, sold it for billions of dollars or whatever, and then just started, and then just sailed on that. He wasn't he he never he doesn't have any actual business experience or business acumen. He just he's just I made this thing that everybody likes. Worship me.
1: And I want to work at his office because Jesus Christ, you don't have to do any work to get paid unless you're like an assistant.
0: I don't want to work at his fucking office his fucking office sounds like his office looks like a fucking nightmare. I'm willing to bet you don't even have to show up. Uh, if you do, I'm
1: betting there is a room that you can just sit down and play video games in.
0: Yeah, but they wouldn't be my video games or my room. Yeah,
1: but you could play like EDF or Call of Duty or something.
0: Why the... F- I could play those at home. Comfortably. Yeah, but then you could get paid for it. Yeah, if I was better at and- YouTube, I would be getting paid dude. do it anyway. True. My and
1: favorite character was Graves, though.
0: Oh yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, best character. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. Falcon um, Graves. Graves
1: is this Falcon guy who is a corporate saboteur, and he gets
0: hired to steal Tada. Yeah, Project Tada, the newest, biggest tech innovation from this fucker expected to be and nothing
1: you imagined
0: um and he
1: just gets dragged along by uh, uh mark beaks like who's like we got to pretend like you're not kidnapping me even sp- though i've already posted on twitter that you're
0: kidnapping me he spends half the episode wearing a beanie just he's this giant fucking intimidating And they're on
1: hoverboards the entire
0: time. (laughs) He's just this fucking giant intimidating like awesome fucking voice dude. I believe like Robin Atkin Downs is his voice. He's this real fucking stone cold motherfucker. He's wearing a beanie with a little propeller on it the entire time.
1: All trainees have to wear beanies. Oh god, that's why he did it. (laughs) Trainee rhymes with beanie.
0: I I know you're technically right. Let Let that dead air tell you how we feel about that. I know you're technically right, but that feels like
1: a weak rhyme to me. It is a weak rhyme, but that's the kind of thing that this kind of character would do. (laughs) And post, post it once on Twitter, it would get a thousand likes, and he'd just make every trainee wear a beanie from then on.
0: That's probably what it was. It was probably like he fucking like crowdsourced it. Just like went to Twitter, it was like, "Hey, what should I make the fuck? Should I make the trainees wear?" Was like, "I don't know. I'm gonna beat it." Ross kind of with trainee. He's like, "Fucking perfect. That's my idea." Now you, you anonymous Twitter user. Anyway, so actually, I do want to ask you about this. Um, so reading around, I people seem to be, generally be enjoying this show. But one thing that I have noticed is that people. The show isn't really about adventuring anymore.
1: I keep, like, I literally ask myself, are we going to get an adventure soon? Well, we when the episode was starting, because it started off with a staring contest, of all things. Yeah. I was just like, are we going to have an adventure?
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, next episode appears to be an adventure, because the title is The Living Mummies of Tothra.
1: Also, the last episode was an adventure episode, so. Yes, The
0: House of Lucky Gander.
1: It seems to be like it's trying to go for, like, a a 40-60 split or something like that. Where it's like, yeah, it's mostly episodes at home. Because a lot of the original series, they just hung out at home. Uh You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: It seems like they're going for a bit of a 40-60 split. Um, I'm still loving it. Um. This episode especially was great because of um, Glomgold. Yeah. Uh, just like, and I've got this plan, and you've got to do it my way because it's the only way to do things right. Do you have any like,
0: experience trying to murder somebody?
1: I do. Scrooge is just like, this was all a plan to kill me, wasn't
0: it? What? No. No, of course not. Stand a bit to the left. Oh, no, that axe almost took your head off. If you had stopped moving for
1: a second, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Back a- to beating him the proper way, by being richer than him.
0: <laughs> okay, that's enough being offensive to the Scottish.
1: I'm part Scottish, shut up. <laughs> so am I, dude. How to be offensive to them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. They have about...
1: our genetic privilege. Um, I absolutely loved the briefcase gag. <laughs> like, especially because of how it broke Red Duck. <laughs>
0: uh, Kiwi. Red Duck. <laughs>
1: uh. It's It's just like, wait, you get promoted because of an ironic briefcase? And I feel like that has happened in, like, one of those tech startups offices <laughs> that is that like is the guy th- who does all the work gets made the assistant of the guy who came in with the ironic t-shirt
0: <laughs> that is the caricature of millennial businessman
1: happened though i feel like it's not really a
0: caricature <laughs> i feel like it kind of is like maybe once it happened as a joke But after, but at a certain point, it's probably like I need to believe that that didn't happen. <laughs> As a millennial running a fake business, I need to believe that didn't happen.
1: I'm wearing an ironic T-shirt, so I need an assistant.
0: I'm wearing a Holy sincere T-shirt.
1: Anyway. And it it's too hot for me to be wearing a shirt. Ladies. Dude, don't. Just don't. <laughs> uh no, I'm uh uh I'm done. That's all I've watched.
0: Alrighty then. So strap in people for the next hour and a half. So, um I guess start with the movie. Uh I watched a movie called The Conspiracy. It is a Fake so it is a Canadian um, fake documentary about how 9/11 wasn't uh, wasn't, uh, everything, wasn't everything it appeared to be. So yeah, uh, two Canadian hey. documentary filmmakers, um, Jim and Aaron, uh, they, they were looking for something to make a documentary about, and they decided to make it about conspiracy theorists. They specifically found a video online of a guy standing in the middle of fucking Toronto or whatever. Just kind of like screaming out with a megaphone saying, wake up, sheeple, you need to open your eyes. And they're like, oh, this guy seems like he's the kind of interesting kook I can make a documentary out of. So they go, okay. and, so they go and talk to him. And they follow him around for a couple days. Um, have him like fucking.
1: Is this like the real story behind it or is this the story of the film?
0: This is the story of the film. Okay. Yeah, the story of the movie is some guys had an idea and decided to make a movie about it. So yeah, two documentary filmmakers, they they like follow this guy around for a couple days, begin to hear his theories about stuff, like see him interacting with the th- with the conspiracy theory community. Uh filming it all with a with a few of their buddies. Uh and then one day they just can't get a, get a hold of him anymore. They try they try for a couple, <laughs> couple more days. De- yeah, they try for a couple more days, and then they actually get access to his apartment from his landlord, and he's gone. The place has been tossed. Everything is fucking gone, except for his, except for, like, part of his wall of conspiracy theories. So these two guys and their buddies, uh, they take all of the conspiracy theory shit and begin trying to recreate his timeline. And it eventually leads them to this club, this, um... I believe it's called like the Tartarus Club or the Torus, something, some kind of secret society about bulls. And so the
1: Taurus Society.
0: I okay. I'm actually gonna look this up because it's fucking really bugging me now. I know. I know what that. I know that it wasn't the Taurus Society. It was the tar- society, maybe the Tarsus Club. Okay. Yeah, Tarsus. So yeah, it is a. Non-government organization, um, some kind of secret society thing that a bunch of different people are part of. And all the information they were able to find about it is a single article from Time magazine written by some guy who, after writing it, disappears. Of course. Yeah, they eventually managed to find him, and he has, like, super fucked up fingers, like they've been fucking broken over and over again. Uh, They never show his face because it's all blurred out. Because, you know, documentaries and, you know, confidentiality and shit. And so they begin, like, finding out more and more about this, and they start realizing they're being followed. And it's not like – it starts out as, like, one guy, like, slowly starting to lose it. Like, he starts getting deeper and deeper into this fucking conspiracy theory. And early on, like, when they're talking to the original conspiracy theorist, he's like, hey, I've seen that fucking cyclist following me around. This is, like, the fifth time I've seen him. And then we get a shot of him. And then later, the one filmmaker who is starting to get conspiracy theory – looks over and sees that same cyclist and they get him on film and it's the same guy again. So it isn't just one guy is going crazy and realizing that, oh, and then everybody else is like, oh, you're just fucking crazy, dude. It is one guy starts to go crazy. Everybody realizes, oh, wait, he's right. He's not crazy. He's the sanest of us all. But yeah, so it just kind of goes from there until eventually they break into a Tarsus Club meeting and everything goes fucking sideways. This is a movie that was made for $1 million, and it feels like a movie that was made for a million dollars. This is a very well-put-together, very bare-bones movie. Like, a lot of this feels like it was shot in their own apartments. Or, like, in, like, a fucking hotel ballroom they rented out for the weekend. So, any of the stuff that they do, like like, it's called The Conspiracy, and the fucking poster for it is like a bunch of different like fucking major historical events that happened all like kind of written out with an overlay of the fucking devil on it and that never really comes into play and any of like the big interesting like kind of satanic shit happens out of focus very quickly and then just immediately just and immediately just stops in the middle of it so that they can go yeah I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about the Tarsus Club is a totally regular organization dude there's no demons in it at all what are you talking about go away who told you there are demons Just I went in, I went into this expecting something else and was very disappointed by what I found. It wasn't bad. It just never got to the level that I wanted it to get to.
1: Oh, well, that is a shame.
0: Yeah. And so I actually just realized there's another movie on my list that I, that I didn't re- re- remember, remember was a movie. Uh, the Babysitter. So this is a new horror. That... This is a new horror comedy on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen that mentioned. And it is... kind of mediocre. At all. Yeah, so... So, main guy. His name is Cole. He's a little bitch. Growing up in the time period he's in. Because I'm not 100% sure when that takes place. Because everybody dresses like it's the '80s and they act like it's the tw- as, and they act like it's the 2000s. So I don't because really... everybody dresses like it's the '80s. Because it's ironic. Yeah. So yeah, Cole. His life's kind of shitty. He has bullies. He's a bit of a bitch. He only really has one friend, except for his babysitter, because he's the only like 15 year old with a babysitter anymore. But his babysitter is awesome, in that she's. Wait. Kind- He's fifteen, or he's something. He's some kind of age where it's too old to have a babysitter. Hot she is
1: not. You're just you're lame. She's really lame. Hot. Doesn't matter. I've seen the image. I know how hot she is. Doesn't matter. Also, there she, is no level of hot that makes that okay.
0: Also, she like um like they like they hang out a lot and they talk about like fucking their dream space exploration team. And like they fucking hang out in their backyard, projecting like old westerns onto their fucking back do- onto their fucking like back of their house that they reenact in time with the movie. It's weird. They're fucking dorks. Oh, she's not his babysitter. His parents are paying her to be his friend. Kinda. That's kind of the implication.
1: He's just that big a loser.
0: But yeah. So one night, um, he decides like he decides to like stay up late and see what she does once he goes to sleep. Uh, it is pre- like, like his, his only other friend is like, yeah, she probably just has dudes over and they just fuck. That's what babysitters do, right?
1: That so, is what babysitters
0: do. Yeah, so he, so he stays up, goes down, and sees his babysitter, B, and a bunch of their buddies, including, including not actress Bella Thorne and Vine star King Batch. As well as the lesser Amel. Who is Vinestar King Batch? Don't worry about it. He's not important. He's the first to die. But yes, they're hanging out, just playing spin the ball or whatever, w- along with some fucking nerdy asshole who they then murder and collect his blood to sacrifice to Satan in order to get whatever they desire. And then everything goes tits up as Cole slowly p- kills them one by one. Learning that at the end of the day he needs to grow the fuck up, and you know be like strong and fucking shit and murder people because that's how you get that's how you get in the world kids if somebody stands the way of what you want and what you want is survival, kill them
1: well, if what you want is survival and they're trying to prevent that, kill them, but otherwise, maybe try and find an alternative solution. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, it, this is a horror comedy. The horror doesn't work. The comedy rarely works. Like around the middle, it does pick up a bit, where like things actually things actually happen. Some of the jokes land, and or what they're trying to do is interesting. Like like a uh, there, there's a bit right in the middle of it where like uh, one of one of Cole's bullies is egging his house as the lesser Amel is trying to murder him, and so before he actually kills him. He's like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna teach you how to stand up for yourself. Goes out there, tries to get him to fucking beat the shit of his bully. It's like, and that fails, obviously. But he's like, well, you stood up for yourself. That's what counts. And he punches him in the face and runs away. He's like, fuck, yes, dude, you're finally getting it. And treats him with like a weird amount of respect before he, before he tries to kill him. It's It's weird. It is really weird. Performance-wise, it varies... Like uh, B, the actress playing B, she is kind of the fucking stand-up performance. She is great. Cole is fairly middle of the road. Bella Thorne is, as in all things, fucking terrible. I do not understand why she is in things. Like, it's not even like, I can't even think of like the hot excuse because She's not that hot. I just, I just don't get it. But anyway. This movie is just not very good. It it varies from being pretty shitty to kind of alright, and end of the day, it just kind of ends up as just this weird white noise of a movie. Anyway, I almost passed out there for a second, so let's move on. (laughs) So, I started watching The Gifted.
1: I've seen that, um, like I think I've seen adv- advertising for that, and no, it doesn't interest me.
0: And before I get into the gifted, my record's is about to die. So we'll be right back, everybody. Right <laughs> back, everybody. Sorry about that. So yeah, the gifted. It is the X Men ish thing. Uh, it, is, it has some X-Men characters, it is tied to the X-Men universe, but it doesn't have any X-Men or Brotherhood people in it because apparently they're all dead or in hiding or something. So, after the X-Men have repeatedly blown up the world almost, um, a bunch of laws were passed where people with abilities, mutants, uh, are being unjustly prosecuted. Sometimes justly prosecuted, but, you know, it's a gray area. So this show is the most woke superhero show I've watched in a while. And I feel terrible for having said that. I could have said socially conscious, but I don't think the audience, the people listening to this show, would understand understand that. that. I have to talk to them like a shitbag. Yeah, so... Yeah, the show is like thirty percent superhero. It's like it's like ten percent superhero Yeah, ten percent superhero, forty-five percent like family drama and character drama, and forty-five percent social commentary. And it kinda works. It's it's actually a pretty solid show, I think. Like the cast itself is a decently uh, varied cast uh, They it, they, all, all the actors do a pretty good job um, It's got the guy from True Blood You know the main guy um, Amy Acker Who is great um, Jamie Chung Who I'm finding that I kind of like more and more Even though, even though when I like, When I started out I was like oh she's not that great But now that I'm watching her in this I'm like oh wait yeah Jamie Chung She's kind of great I don't know why But I just kind of like Jamie Chung Uh, and yeah, it is. Yeah, this show is about this show is like set in a period of time where the idea of mutants are still fucking horribly terrifying, and so and so like the I like the you know the subtext of X Men are X Men are representative of gay or black people or any any subjugated or unjustly persecuted race or creed of people they just take that and
1: basically that a- anyone who's not a wasp.
0: Yeah. And they amp that shit up and they make that kind of the driving force of this show. And it works. Like, I think they like the social commentary is yes, a bit on the nose, but they still do it with enough with a, with a death enough hand that it n- doesn't ever feel too over preachy except for the fact that like, I, I think I'm seeing this. In, I think I might be like, this might be because I'm watching this as a white dude, but I always find a lot of the arguments against, like, if mutants were an actual thing, I feel like I would be pro-registration. Yeah, same. Because, like, the like the analog of mutants equals black people or mutants equal gay people is not one-to-one because... There's an argument that always happens in these things where they, where it eventually gets to, it eventually, you know, follows Godwin's law and ta- ends up being about Nazis. Where, where, su- where like people are talking is like, hey, we need to fucking do something about mutants. Like, oh, you fucking racist. I'm not racist. Well, you want to do all this to all the Jews too? Well, Jews weren't walking nukes to which the response is always, ah, eh, get fucked, you bigot. Because nobody has a good response to that because it's, it's true. It is a good response. Like, yes, there's a subjugated class, there's a subjugated, like, creed of people, but there are people who get their powers as teenagers, and their powers are more often than not tied to their emotional state. So it is essentially, there's a 50-50 chance of a teenager becoming a nuke that is set off by them being horny, or angry, or feeling fucking persecuted, or something.
1: Teenage characters that, like, last time I read X-Men comics...
0: He was living radiation yes there is there are multiple x men comics where Wolverine has to go murder somebody because they would be a because they would be bad for the image of mutants as a as a as victims because like not it 's not a direct hey, one it's not a one to one parallel
1: the big thing that a lot of people don't take into account when saying. Oh yeah no mutants they're black people or Asians or whatever is living weapons which ultimately is what mutants are and it is really depressing that I have to say this but I would very be I would be heavily invested if not in registration because I think that would be a terrible idea but I would be very heavily invested in everyone getting tested to see if they have mutant genes and then put into a special school where they could learn how to use their powers without destroying everyone around them.
0: Well, that's just segregation. And then
1: that power is good enough, they have to register with the government because that is a lethal weapon. Because you know what you ha- what you're supposed to register in every country that has any system of laws and governments? Guns of lethal weapons we have access to right now.
0: Yeah, but I would I would still say like registration just kinda as soon as powers manifest because somebody gets those powers, they're gonna go on a joyride, and people need to be able to know what the powers of people are before they actually try to do anything about them without it with like Like escalation of force is a thing
1: think that uh, as far as registration is concerned it should be reserved for like after they've been tested and the powers are seen because if you've got a guy whose power is i can make bubbles with my nose
0: yeah like that's i mean like you need to have like an actual like thing of like hey what are your actual powers system
1: it's kind of like how in my D and D games magic is something that is quantifiable testable and then if you have magic you are sent to a school and then, after your amount of magic is determined, it is determined whether or not you need to go a step further.
0: I would. I, I'm kind of like basing my thing off the My Hero Academia society. Yeah, My Hero Academia does it right because they don't stigmatize
1: it. No, that's the big thing. It, that's the big thing about our, our like, all like, how everyone thinks it would be. My Hero Academia shows that you don't
0: have to stigmatize it. Well, well, it's kind of hard to be. be. It's kind of hard to stigmatize what eighty percent of the population has.
1: That's the thing. If the X Men are the natural evolution of the human race, which is what the comics have always tried to tell us, even though that doesn't really make any sense. It does not. I mean, that's not how evolution works. It is not. But okay, Um, if they're the natural next step. Then everyone's going to start developing powers. It's not going to remain to be like two to three percent.
0: Yeah, just wait it out, Lame it out like it's cross You'll get there eventually. You don't need you don't need an armed mutant uprising to subjugate the current dominant species. Just wait like twenty years. They'll die out. Generations. You'll be fine. Hell, half of you are immortal. You. I feel like you'll. I feel like you'll get by, and I feel like kind of a dick for saying that. But I'd, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. So the, yeah, so the gifted it focuses par- partially on that, and then partially on like the character drama and the character interactions with each other. And I think those all work. Like the family dynamic between our main family. That feels real. In a way, that feels like it is actually that feels like a actual family dynamic. The kids, even though they are like teenagers and like late teenagers, they do st- still feel like kids. Um, I like the resistance. Uh, there are like conflicting ideas within the resistance. Um, one person, one person has the power. To, uh, her name is Dreamer, and she has the power to like induce memories in people. But she just kind of breathes on them. But she just kind of breathes on them, and a. Memory is implanted in that person for a while. Then it feels like it was a dream that happened. But it can still have lingering lasting effects, which they mention but don't explicitly state. Like, uh, like Blink is a major character. Uh, she's played by Jamie Chung. Uh, Blink, for those who don't know, is a legacy X-Men character. She can make portals. And so Jamie Chung, This she doesn't fully control her powers right yet. And so, uh, Thunderbird, uh, the Native American guy, he is trying to train her how to use her powers whenever she wants. She's just, like, very willing to control her powers. And his advice is to latch onto a – up to now, she's been using her powers in anger. She's been using her powers just just in anger and in fear. Just like, oh, I need to get the fuck out of here. Survival, you know, instant kicks in, and then your powers work. But – that's not a reliable thing. And so what he wants her to do is to try to associate using her powers with a happy memory. Okay. Which is kind of what he did and how he got hold of his powers. Cause his powers are super strength, near invulnerability and heightened senses as you do. Yeah. And so he tries to get her to do it and it's just not working. And so the dreamer comes up and says, Hey, how about I induce a happy memory in her? You know, give her this false memory of happiness so that she can use her powers and be useful to us. And he's like, the fuck are you talking about? Remember the last time you did that shit? It did not end well. No, don't. Don't do that. Don't fuck up people's memories. And then she does.
1: Of course she does. She's a youth. (laughs) Youths never listen to adults.
0: Well, she's not a youth. She is a, she's not just a youth. She is a youth with a psionic based ability, meaning that she is inherently evil. Like, I'm not I'm not all for, like, the Long. fucking... I'm not all for, like, the fucking, like, sweeping generalizations, but the X-Men comics have proven time and time again that if you have telepathic-ish abilities, you have no sense of morality. Like, X- if, if you look at bad guy psychics and good guy psychics, there's not much difference. Hell, DC comics have proven that. Yeah, just, if you have the ability to read people's minds, manipulate their memories, or do anything like that, then you will eventually be a supervillain, even if you're still a good guy.
1: An act that everybody pretty much agrees is bad.
0: Yeah, one of our current main good psychics threatened to lobotomize Spider-Man because she didn't like him. They're fucked is what i'm okay, saying.
1: Okay, so as a giant, <laughs> uh threatening people will never get them on your side ever. I've tried that tactic. No, she wasn't trying it to get only him she, she, she wasn't
0: trying to get him on her side. She just didn't like him. Uh, like like after Wolverine died, his will was, "Hey Spider-Man, come teach at one of my classes." And so he showed up, and everybody's like, shit. Oh, get and everyone's like, oh, get the fuck Wait, out Wolverine, of here, you fucker. Wolverine died? He, he got better.
1: Of course he did, but I'm still shocked that he died. Uh, yes. His I mean, his heal- powers kind of make that
0: impossible. Uh, he lost his healing factor. He did. Yep, he lost his healing factor, and then was encased in adamantium. Wolverine, if we're honest. Yeah. But yeah, so he was dead for about six months. And then it got better.
1: Of course, he's going to get better. He's too popular a character. They're still making movies about him.
0: But yeah, so yes, Spider Man. He was a teacher at that class for a while, uh, and the teachers all hated him because, like, oh, you're going to bring that fucking superhero bullshit onto our school. Which fuck you. And then when she, and then when Rachel tried to read his mind, and another psychic was blocked, was shielding his mind. She's like, all right, fucking, I'm lobotomizing him. Wow! Just wow. Again, because she didn't like him. Fuck Thought Rachel he had Gray. evil
1: ulterior motive,
0: but god damn. His ulterior motive was seeing if there was a mole for the Hellfire Club in Wolverine's school. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, The Gifted. It is actually pretty alright. It is a... The X-Men are... The X-Universe is actually doing really weird things right now. And they're all actually interesting things. Like, they have a show right now about, like, the fucking social commentary. They're doing the movies and shit with fucking Deadpool and Wolverine. They have a horror film coming out soon. Seriously? Yeah, have you seen the trailer for The New Mutants? It's essentially a horror movie.
1: My curiosity is Pequod.
0: Yeah. Um, be sure, now to have that um curiosity direct, um, inversely peaked let's talk about Inhumans because I started watching that
1: I saw like half of like th- I, I saw like 10 minutes of it and was like no just no
0: yeah uh, Cora reviewed it uh, he gave it I think like a 3 out of 5 that's generous a little bit like I I was expecting it to be dog shit I was expecting it to be just this fucking burning trash fire that is somehow less interesting than a trash fire is.
1: It's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, you don't know what's in the trash. It might
0: explode or yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't that. It was just kind of middling. Just it. It didn't do a lot to push the envelope, but it wasn't so egregious that I hated it either. It was just like I said earlier, like white noise. But one thing, but one thing that really bugs me is how weirdly lazy it is in places. Like uh, in the first episode, uh, Medusa gets her all of her hair cut off, like buzzed off. But instead of it being, but like when Maximus does it, he pulls out a hair trimmer, just what what you would find at a barber shop, and just gives her a fucking buzz cut. Be like super strong. Well, like, A, her hair is, like, super strong, but also, they're on the fucking moon. They are a race of people, they are a city of people who've lived on the moon for millennia. Why the fuck do they have the exact same design as our haircutting shit?
1: Well, it could be that they used Lockjaw to transport themselves to the Earth repeatedly to determine how we were advancing and took any
0: technological advances they they deemed useful for themselves. Nope. They say that in the show, they, they the Inhumans don't go to Earth. In fact, it's in fact it's illegal to go to Earth. Ah, and the only and the only real information they get is our news, which shows us all going to war at all times. Watching CNN. Yeah, so they wouldn't really have. They wouldn't really have the means to, like, A, get a view of, and then B, replicate a motherfucking hair trimmer. Also, wireless headphones. They are the exact same. It's just there could... It is not that hard to make sci-fi bullshit that is essential, that, has, that has counterparts on Earth. You you can do it sometimes by going to the dollar store, but they didn't put they didn't even put in that effort. They didn't even put in the effort to try to make something that was essentially wireless headphones, but that didn't look like actual motherfucking wireless headphones. Because that's all they were. They hell they, they I don't even think they were actually wireless headphones. I think they were regular headphones that they just cut the wires off of and then put LEDs in them.
1: You know what I would have done? I would have taken a band-aid, put an LED behind it, and placed it just below the ear. You know, so that the sound gets channeled into the head. And that would have cost me six, seven cents a
0: patch. I would have gotten some bullshit and put them in my temples and say, like, hey, the music is being beamed into my mind.
1: Uh, Mind actually makes sense, given human physiology. Fuck human physiology. This is a sci-fi show about
0: people living on the moon. There's a giant teleporting pit bull. Fuck your physiology. Point. I will give
1: you full points. Full points for that. You've got a fair point there.
0: Yeah, also, Medusa, her hair grows. Like, she's able to control the length of her hair. So why why would her having a shaved head matter?
1: it's meaningful to the characters at this point that she was willing to let them shave her head. But she
0: wasn't willing. They held her down.
1: And it's for plot development later where she develops a deep-seated hatred of them for cutting her hair.
0: She had a deep-seated hatred the second it happened. And a bit earlier.
1: (laughs) I don't fucking know, okay? I was just talking out of my ass.
0: Also, another weird thing. They... They have trash bags on the moon, like furrowed. Like uh, they, like so. Uh, one character threatens a gate, a living gate, by saying, "I'm going to bring like either you open the gate and send me where I want to go, or I bring your family to you in trash bags." <coughs> so you're so again. They are a they are a closed off city on the moon with limited resources but they have disposable trash bags. And not an incinerator or some kind of matter recycling program. We're like, "Oh no, your family's murdered. Let me just put this maybe just put them in this fucking like bunch of gears and then hey, we have soil now."
1: Maybe trash is the name of their tailor and he makes all of the bags.
0: Dead oh sweetie <laughs> just stop yeah so humans is just this fucking nothing show that will get cancelled very soon presumably uh, something that I don't see getting cancelled anytime soon though Dirk Gently Season I still 2 need motherfuckers. To season 1. I still need to finish season 1. That show was
1: awesome though.
0: Yeah, it is back. <laughs> season 2, it is back and bigger than ever. It went full anime.
1: Which honestly, Dirk Gently is one of the few shows I can hear that about and not go,
0: "Oh, really?" <laughs> yeah, in the opening shots of the first episode is in a fantasy kingdom that is being that is um like constantly having in its fucking in this fucking sky box or whatever, a Permanent crescent moon with a face on it. Uh, there is okay. a war- there are two warring factions, one of which rules the kingdom, and the representative of the enemy faction is a man with pink hair. Full anime. <laughs> yeah, they fight with uh, scissors. To
1: so someone lo- what, like kill a kill.
0: Yeah, and all of this. All of this is is apparently tied to a prophecy that says Dirk Gently will save their kingdom. Wrong prophecy. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, back in the ostensibly real world, uh, Dirk is uh, still being um, held by uh, by Project Blackwatch or whatever the fuck it was called, the government organization that he escaped when he was when at, before the series started.
1: Whenever, uh, like, my personal preference is Other Earth, whenever, like, there are potential parallel worlds going on, I call the Other World until they name it Other Earth. Yeah, I,
0: yeah, I don't know. Other Earth. Yeah, I can't get, I can't explain more things about it because you fucking, god caveman. Sorry, I'm
1: sorry. Sorry try and watch it, or then I'll I, I'll either watch it or read the Wikipedia article and pretend to have watched it so that you feel, stop feeling annoyed at me.
0: Yeah, so, um, <laughs> the stuff with, uh, the stuff with, like, Todd and, uh, Todd and, uh, uh, security girl, security lady, name, excuse me. Uh, and Dirk, that all remains relatively the same. Um, his sister is running around with the remnants of the Rowdy Three. Um, Black Watch is being watched over by the dumbass who is the partner of the fucking guy who actually used to run Black Watch, and he is just an idiot. It's kind of hilarious. Alan Tudyk is now in it as a as an important character. Uh, I guess the big new stuff is literal actual magic. Uh, yeah, new characters introduced. Uh, she. Is she was a fucking struggling housewife. Her son was a fucking psychopath who set off fireworks in her car because he didn't get because she didn't get him concert tickets.
1: Bond, if your mother didn't get you concert
0: tickets, her husband is a fat piece of shit who thinks her being sick is a spa day for her. And even when she's sick, she wants him. He wants her to take out the dog. Who who hates her. Lord. Her boss is a piece of shit. Who said that a very serious accident that caused her to have a permanent and painful limp was the best thing that could ever happen to her. And then her boss gets murdered in front of her. And she gets a magic wand.
1: That's you had me up until that point. Now I'm confused.
0: Welcome to Dirk welcome to Dirk Gently, motherfucker. Yeah, so to get any more into that would be spoilers, but um that is that, based on dialogue, is tied to the other dimension where anime is happening. Uh and also Tyler the Bean is in it now. As what looks like a season long character. Uh, he is the sheriff of a small town where weird things are coalescing. And at the center of the case that Dirk is currently on. Yeah, Dirk Gently is still weird as fuck, and it is still fucking great. It is just, it's still really interesting, and they are not wasting any time. Like, that first season, it was a it was weird from the start, but it was a bit of a slow burn to get this level of weird.
1: Not uh, this weird when i left off.
0: But like now <laughs> by the, far. But like now the first season is done and like the idea of what Dirk Gently is has kind of been like cemented. They are able to just fucking go nuts. Ham? Yeah, they're mm. they're able to just go ham, ham on all this shit. And it all works. It all is still fucking Dirk Gently. And yeah, i'm fucking cannot wait to see where this goes next. Uh, then, uh, another new show, Mind Hunter.
1: Any good? I keep seeing, um, trailers for it, and I'm just like, meh, maybe. It's very good. It is a
0: David Fincher TV show. Okay. Yeah, it is a... I'll have to give it a watch. It is a fictionalized retelling of the real-life events that led to the coining of the term serial killer.
1: Now, I don't care about spoilers... Uh, as I've said before, I know you do, but I don't. Well, I care about them
0: for the people out there at home.
1: Talked about spoilers about um, Stranger Things for me.
0: Yeah, well, that that's because I don't want to spoil that for you, but also not for them, because, again, the show came out today, the day we're recording this.
1: <laughs> eh, they probably all watched it already. They probably binged it like you did.
0: Yeah, but some of them might have binged it not at 3 a.m. when it aired. Or I guess when it dropped. Anyway. But yeah, so Mindhunter, like I said, is the it is a fictionalized retelling of the real events that led to the coining of the term serial killer at the FBI. Uh, it has three central characters, uh, Holden Ford, Bill Tench, and Dr. Wendy Carr. Uh, the first two being FBI agents who founded the Defe- behavioral science unit and began interviewing serial killers to try to determine a methodology for weeding out and identifying potential serial killers before they become serial killers.
1: This actually sounds really interesting.
0: And then Wendy Carr is a is a psychiatrist or psychologist who they bring in to actually help them develop a methodology and then eventually get their study published so that it could be recognized by the larger community of science, uh, like fucking mind doctors and have and like
1: psychologists
0: yeah and be used for applications outside of law enforcement but then also be able to be used as a real legal tool in law enforcement yeah it's just really good it is like it is a fucking David Fincher ass series you know if you like David Fincher yeah if you like David Fincher then this motherfucker you got Finch And it all it all really works. Um, I will say that I find Holden Ford and his actor to be kind of robotic. Like I don't know if I don't know if it's like something that's going to be revealed in later seasons or whatever. But the way that the way that uh, like yeah. the way that um his the way that his actor Holden's actor uh, plays Holden, his face never changes. Like, no matter what's happening, he always seems to have the same expression on his face. And so I can never get a read on him. And I'm not sure if they're trying to imply that he's a sociopath or a potential serial killer. That would be really interesting. It really would. And being that David Fincher hopes to have this series run for five seasons... That could be the case. I'm not 100% sure.
1: Well, you could google it and see if the real world what version went was a sociopath. I don't think but he you was. You really shouldn't you really shouldn't because it would give you spoilers.
0: Yeah, I don't think he was. Yeah, like uh, like like the like the actual like FBI agents who began this study and coined this terminology. They weren't named Holden Ford and Bill Tench. Holden and Bill are two fictional characters based off of real FBI agents, and just like Wendy Carr, she is a she's a fictionalized psychiatrist. she's a fictionalized psychologist based off of a real life psychologist.
1: Oh, thank you, brain.
0: This shit's weird, dude. My
1: brain just—I'm not even going to mention what my brain just did. So.
0: Yeah, uh, the best parts of this show, though, are having these two having these people interview the interview the serial killers. That sounds really interesting because the way like they they managed to pick some they managed to pick some really great fucking actors to play these serial killers because like sitting in there listening to them talk about killing people and the way that they kill people and what they thought about as 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 they were killing people is some of the most fucking. Interestingly disturbing shit. Cause like there's one guy who only talks about how he killed people obfuscated. Like talking about a different person because he like confessed he 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 confessed all of his, all those murders and then recanted and says that he so that it is a massive cover up by the police to pin these murders on him. Despite the fact that everybody knows he literally did it. Like, there is photographic evidence of him with dead bodies, and he's still like, yeah, I have no idea how to put it in there. must be fucking computers, dude. You can do amazing shit with computers these days in the 80s. And it is really interesting. And, like, all the serial killers and people they go talk to, from what I, can, from what I have looked up, they're real people. They are real serial killers. And we get to see over the course of the series as their methodology begins to like form, and they're able to find like real significant points of connection between these different people, their life th- and their personality and stuff. It is so interesting to see that methodology, like like them to have the theory, them to study it, and then get, and then get like a solid basis for that theory, and then have them put that theory into practice and have it work. Really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, this is a really interesting show. I believe the first season is only like nine or ten episodes. So you can bang it out. It's a Netflix thing. But yeah, Mindhunter is fucking cool as hell. And I can't wait for more. It does end on a bit of a flat note because it just ends. It doesn't like have some kind of... like Like, like having... Having your ideas become, like, accepted law enforcement jargon and, like, actual, like, real scientific terms and, like, scientific basis for stuff, that takes a long time. And so having that – and so having this season be built up to this thing then something kind of bad happens and it stops, that feels bad. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't have a natural end like you'd expect a season of a TV show to have. It feels like this stops – in the middle of their story, but yeah, that's one. That's the kind. That's kind of the biggest problem I have with it. That and Holden bot fucking acting. They could have. Got, they could have gotten a more charismatic or at least a more interesting lead. But the rest of the cast does a does a solid job, like holding him up and acting around him in order to make like, the show still be really interesting. Especially the serial killers. Like I said, they did a fucking amazing job casting these people. So yeah, Mindhunter. Available on Netflix now. Check it out. It's fucking great. Show that is less great, though. Let's talk about Kevin probably saves the world. That looked too good. It is. So this show was formerly called The Gospel of Kevin. And it is about a guy... Named Kevin, uh, who gets visited by an angel, a messenger of God, and told, and is told that he will save the world.
1: To be so straightforward.
0: Yeah, and I want to say that the Gospel of Kevin works better as a title for Kevin pr- for the show than Kevin probably saves the world, but for some reason somebody religious got mad, so they had to change the title, but they didn't change any of the content of the show. It is not like, like when Kevin meets his fucking guardian or guiding angel or whatever, she says, I'm a messenger of God. Just straight up. And the whole concept of the show is actually based around a, I believe a Jewish belief that Every, like, on the earth, there are always 36 righteous souls who save all of humanity just by existing. Huh. Yeah, but but in this, Kevin is the only one left. Somehow, the other 35 people just aren't there anymore.
1: Three to one, it's going to be Satan did it.
0: And so this show is – the main thrust of the show is about Kevin building up his spiritual power and becoming a – becoming the right kind of righteous person to go out into the world and anoint 35 new righteous. Okay. And then the kind of sub thing is this mystery about what happened to the previous 35. That wouldn't be my sub thing. That would be my main thing. But none of that really matters because the show itself is just kind of boring. Like, Jason Ritter as Kevin is, you know, he's Jason Ritter. He is a likable guy. And he does all right. Uh, the trailers played this show up as, as kind of like a comedy, but it is more of a drama about, you know, Kevin and doing Kevin's and stuff like that. And it has some comedy in it, but it isn't like a fucking slapstick comedy or whatever. It was the same kind of problem like the Orville had. Where they marketed it more as a comedy. Like, even, even the fucking title change. Like, Kevin probably saves the world. That is a fucking comedy show title.
1: <coughs> it, it, that, yeah, that sounds a lot more like uh, comedy than... The Gospel of Kevin, like...
0: That's a better name for this. Absolutely. Absolutely. But again, some fucking school marm in the middle of fucking Missouri was like, this offends me as a Christian. I said, like, fucking fine. We'll change it. Yeah, I, this this show doesn't have a lot of staying power. It probably won't last a season. Like, if if this was more of a mystery show, if this was, like, like there are supposed to be 36 people on the world who... Like, There's supposed to be 36 people in the world who save, save humanity by existing. And the way she describes it is if there aren't those 36, then humanity, then all humanity will feel the same way Kevin did before he tried to kill himself. Shit. That is a dark ass thing. And so it would add this cool ticking clock. It would add this like interesting ticking clock element to solving this mystery of what happened to those other 35 people.
1: And of similar to what the Orville first did, and, like, just the first episode is uh, really campy, and then I
0: hope that it, you know, tries. I watched half the second episode, and I was like, nope, I, nope, just nope, I'm done. Because cause the second episode felt like the first episode. Just same kind of weird humor that didn't really ever connect in a funny way. Um, same kind of just blank acting from everybody else. Like, they're doing their jobs, but they're not trying to put anything else behind it. A lot of it feels, like, flat and very obvious about what it's trying to do, and Jason Ritter basically carries that show, but not in a way that makes it compelling to watch.
1: Carries it, but he's not good enough to, to to carry it by
0: himself. Yeah, look, I'm not trying to throw any shade at Jason Ritter. Jason Ritter is a good actor. he's a likable he's a likable actor and a decent leading man. It's just he needs a good supporting cast. And he just doesn't in this. Like uh, the lady playing his guardian angel is all right, but she doesn't really do much other than be kind of a dick and say it's all God's will. Like first episode, she destroys his car and says, you need to get rid of all your earthly possessions in order to get the right spiritual power to save the world. And Kevin brings up the very obvious thing of like, hey, I need to like go places and eat. So please stop destroying my stuff.
1: Dude, what if she
0: killed all of the other 35? That would be amazing.
1: It's like, she's not actually there to help him. She's there to, like, destroy him or something.
0: He was like, I'm, I'm a messenger from God, and God is saying it's time to start over. That'd be great. It's probably not going to be that, but that'd be great. Speaking of great, Legends of Tomorrow is great.
1: Stop making me want to install an antenna.
0: It is so good... It is so fucking good. Oh god, it's so good. Stop it. Billy Zane is in an episode. And he plays P.T. Barnum. You. At one point, at one point uh, in an episode, they they say that um one of the one of the anachronisms they have to go solve is on the Titanic. And Victor Garber, who was the guy who built the Titanic in the film Titanic, says he will never step foot in the Titanic. Whoever built it was a fucking idiot.
1: oh my god I have to see these new episodes
0: yeah so for those who didn't see last season the legends which is a team of uh, super ish people who uh, go around and do time shit they break time and so then rip their former boss uh, he leaves the team and forms the time bureau essentially time cops who go around make sure that time doesn't fuck itself and then neuralize anybody who sees time shit happening so that things don't go poorly. But then the legends are like, hey, fuck you. Let's go, let's go, let's go break into your bitch. Steal our, steal our time ship back and go fuck shit up. On the real. And they do. And it's great. Oh, I fucking love Legends of Tomorrow. It's so good. And it continues to be the best DC show. Like, hands down. I'm very glad to hear that, because it's my favorite. Because they... (laughs) Like,
1: it's the one that I actually watched all of season two of right after watching season one. Oh, yeah. Whereas all others, I was like, eh, I'll get around to it.
0: Yeah, and what makes it, what makes this show the best is that it is not afraid to just fucking go for it. Like Like, they have the solid cast and everything, and, like, the good, like, fucking set design. Like, their fucking ship looks great, but... It's their willingness to go whole hog into whatever concept they have for an episode. Like this is a show that has a very earnest that uh, has a very like earnest um, representation and like fucking sympathy for for fucking uh, like slavery era southern slaves in the same episode about Confederate zombies.
1: Is a great episode, not just a one-off joke.
0: It is a great episode, and it works. Those two fucking horribly desperate, I- disparate ideas gel in a way that you can't do if you try to do, if you try to do a half measure in either direction. They fucking go for it, and that what and that's what makes their shit work. Just the fact that they will, just the fact that like, if somebody says, "I want to make an episode about like zombies and slavery." They're like, fuck yes, let's write the bitch out of this.
1: God, I love that show.
0: It's so good. Uh Supergirl is also back. Watch a bit of that. It's alright. It's pretty good. It's it's like still Supergirl. Like Should the that they
1: finally gotten out of the girl power. A little segment. bit. A
0: little bit. Um Cat so. Grant still shows up every once in a while, and so she just brings it back like a fucking Hurricane made out of tampons. (laughs) Hurricane made out of tampons.
1: Uh, That describes Cat Grant pretty well.
0: But yeah, like, the rest of it is just kind of... Just Supergirl doing Supergirl stuff. Uh, she She does start out the season a bit edgy, because last season she had to send her boyfriend out into the fucking depths of space forever. So she's like, "Eh, fuck being, it's fuck being this bitch. I'm gonna go be Supergirl forever. Kara Danvers can suck my dick. Supergirl's the bestest." And then that gets resolved in an episode because, of course, it does. Uh, we get an episode of uh, John Jones going back to Mars, finding out his dad's still alive, and it's like, a, that. and it's a decently emotional episode.
1: I dislike that, because it's like, I'm the last son of, no, you're not.
0: It's, that. that's that's everything, dude.
1: I hate it. Yeah, you hate I it. I actively but, hate it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get that. It, uh, but I, I, I but think like, it, it worked.
1: It worked, stop, I think, for stop this. Stop claiming it. Stop claiming to be the last of. Because it's never fucking true. Yeah, just, to say, Martian. just say. What about the white Martians? I'm the last green Martian. What about all these other green Martians? Uh I am the only green Martian to come to
0: Earth. I'm probably the last green Martian. I feel, I I feel
1: am like I'm the that... last son of Krypton. Well, no, there's Bitch. uh Non and Zod. And your and cousin, Zod's and, best friend. And your cousin and your dog and your cousin's horse. I was just doing horse. the sons. I was just doing the sons of Krypton.
0: Okay, well there's kind of your clone. There's your dog. Which one? Yeah, there's your dog. There's your cousin's horse that wants to fuck your cousin.
1: Because he's not actually a horse?
0: No, he's actually a horse. No, am I getting continuity confused? Yes, Comet the super horse is an actual horse.
1: Was a character that transformed into a horse because he wanted to fuck another character or something. That Comics pro- are weird. That was probably Zeus fact but comics are weird
0: yeah Uh, um start watching the flash and the flash is actually good again like the flash is actually back to being fun also Caitlin is like an actual character now like she is like she like for the last couple seasons she was relegated to being sad and being in love with somebody now, that shit's done, and she is having fun and doing science.
1: Get some of the writers from uh, Legends to come over there.
0: <laughs> it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me, because this feels fucking wholly disconnected from the, from the last couple seasons of The Flash, where things just got more and more Arrow. Yeah, now they're fucking back and doing good shit in the fucking last episode of the goddamn season. Uh, well, I guess the second episode of the season. Uh, there's a scene where the Flash is going to stop a bank robbery, but then he, gets, but he slips on some marbles. And has a fucking prat fall at super speed. <laughs> because the villain he's fighting has luck based powers. Of course he does. She. Uh, sorry,
1: she. Um, yeah, of course she does.
0: And the big bad for the season is not an evil speedster. What? He's a guy. Did they realize
1: the- yeah. someone other than a speedster could beat the Flash?
0: Yeah, he's a g- and, and to make that and to make things even more funny, he's a guy in a chair. Like he he yeah. So it's it's the Thinker, a villain. Oh, you mean they didn't bring back the uh, the turtle? Nope, it is the Thinker a guy who is tied to a science chair so after 3 seasons of having the big bad be i'm i'm like the flash but evil they now have a guy who is i'm going to sit here and not move and speak very slowly and deliberately and beat you and it's actually great cuz like his plot is like an actual plot it is like a thing that is like that has like a long con, but that the, the they're starting to figure things out. So, so at the end of season three, uh, the Flash sacrificed himself by going into the Speed Force to live inside the Speed Force because if he didn't, then the world would die. So then, for about six months, uh, the kid Kid Flash, Wally West, who is not a kid in any measure of the word, he is run around, doing Flash stuff, hanging out. Um, Cisco's out there being Vibe, helping him out, and it's cool. (laughs) Caitlin is working at a bar. Ice powers yet? Uh, No, yeah, she had her ice powers. Uh, A big chunk of Season 3 was her being Killer Frost, because apparently her powers have a mind of their own and are evil. But yeah, so... Yeah, so then then, um, at the beginning of season four, um, a robotic samurai who can make shockwaves and earthquakes by stabbing a sword into the ground, uh, he says, bring me the flash or I'll kill your entire city. So they open the speed force and pull Barry out of it. And Barry is schizophrenic for like a minute. And then he's like, hey, your girlfriend's about to die. Your girlfriend's sister is about to die. So he gets better. But him coming out of the speed force, released a wave of dark energy released a wave of dark matter energy that gave a bus full of people superpowers that was actually part of the plan of the thinker the entire time. seriously, that is awesome. Yeah, and so now the season is there are twelve people with superpowers that we don't know who we don't know about, that are just in the city somewhere that is part of this bigger plan. Involving the thinker who wants the Flash to catch all these villains for a reason we don't know yet.
1: I am going to catch up on this show eventually. (laughs) You don't need to. Just start at season four. (laughs) Well, when season four starts getting released on Netflix, I will catch up.
0: (sighs) Yeah. And then final thing, I watched a couple episodes of The Finder. This was a show. Keep considering
1: watching that then thinking better of it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. (laughs) <laughs> this is a show from, I believe, 2004 or something. It is a spin-off from Bones.
1: Yeah, that's from back when Psych was the It thing. So they were just making, oh, I'm a quirky detective who uses this one quirk to do things.
0: Yeah, so in it, our main guy uh, was a former army guy who got brain damage from a bomb and then got the near supernatural ability to find things. Yeah, just that's what, he do. that's what he does. He just finds things. His brain works in a way that most normal people don't, and so he makes connections that nobody else does, and that leads him to finding things really good.
1: Never show that because the writer's brains work the way ours
0: do, so. Yep. But they will not hesitate to have, to have uh, Michael Clark Duncan suck that dude's dick. Like half of Michael Clark Duncan's dialogue in this show is proselytizing to people about Walter and how Walter finds things and how Walter operates and how Walter's mind works and how Walter's dick tastes like cinnamon. Graysons. It is just really weird seeing this giant giant black man saying this white dude's brain is awesome. <laughs>
1: Confirmed,
0: and also they also they tie it to bones in really stupid ways. Like they have fucking sweets show up to try to say, "Hey, are you crazy?" And then, he, then at the end of it is like, "Yeah, I don't know, fuck it, let's leave." And it really sucks because like I think this this premise and this cast, I think they could have me- I could think they could have lasted a couple seasons, <laughs> or at least been more interesting. If they hadn't given if this if this if this series wasn't being written by Ladder Bones B team, mm. yeah, like the writing is just really not good. And they gave Legends
1: of Tomorrow the Arrow writing team,
0: kind of yeah. Just like let's take this let's take this actually pretty interesting idea that has potential. And write it as boringly as possible. Yeah, it's really a shame. They could have done something with it. But nope, they just fucking... Pfft. They couldn't find an interesting storyline. But dumb tish. Moving on. That's what we're watching then. On the news. I am almost about to fall asleep, which kind of sucks. Cause I have a... D&D game to fucking at DM after we're done doing this. So, news wise, first up, NBC is developing a TV series based off of the Nancy Drew novels.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're serious.
0: Yes, this comes off the heels of the failed attempt by, by CBS to do it last season. So this is NBC trying to adapt a show, uh, tr- trying to do their own adaptation of a show after a previous adaptation of the show failed to launch from a different network. So yeah, according to Bleeding okay. Cool, according to Bleeding Cool, in this version, the author of, yeah, the author of the famous female detective books series finds herself caught up in the middle of a real-life murder mystery. When the situation becomes more than she can handle, she turns to her two best childhood friends for help, except for one major complication. Her friends were major inspirations behind the novels, and it would appear that they're not particularly thrilled with the way their best friend portrayed them over the years. Uh, Okay. This is apparently a dramatic departure from what CBS was trying to do, where it was an actual adaptation of the books. And And also it starred Sarah Shahi from Person of Interest. Well, at least there's that. Uh, no, there isn't that because that version died. Oh, that's depressing. Then, <laughs> yeah, that, it would it would have been it would have been Sarah Shahi as Nancy Drew in Nancy Drew on CBS, but now it is somebody else as the author of Nancy Drew in Nancy Drew. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Ugh. According to THR, Gareth Evans, the director of The Raid and The Raid 2, two of the best action movies to come out in the last decade, is in early talks to uh, write and direct a solo film based on Deathstroke. Moving on, because I don't have anything ready to come up, follow up that. Do you, man?
1: Deathstroke—that's Slade's supervillain name, right? Yes. Do something interesting.
0: Uh, it'll be it'll be good action at least. That's about it. Promise.
1: Like, you don't know what the people who own the shit are going to make him do.
0: Okay, fair. I've. I, I was I was about to say they wouldn't hire a guy known for doing amazing action movies and have him shitty out in the action, right? And I was like, oh wait, this is Warner Brothers. Anywho, and moving on. Well, speaking with Cinema Blend, Dan Aykroyd said that he would totally be down for doing a live action Warner Bros. live action Ghostbuster TV show for Netflix. I mean it worked for Stranger Things. Let's maybe do Ghostbusters. Button High School. Nope. Moving on. Uh
1: Ford until you said Button High School.
0: Yeah, so moving on. Uh CBS is doing a fucking reboot of magnum pi It's fucking I don't We know. need magnum pi at all? No, we don't. Fuck magnum pi. But it doesn't matter. Do you know what you know what magnum pi is, so they're going to make it. Because get fucked. Florida, right? I don't care. Nor do I know.
1: civic order for you people making this show he doesn't care and he doesn't know we just recognize the name vaguely
0: yeah i know tom Selleck wore a hawaiian shirt in it that's about it hey
1: one then isn't it what hey then right you're cutting, you're cutting out i said that's the one that's in hawaii then yeah probably i was thinking of miami Vice. that's the one which has already been remade yeah
0: and then there's also Hawaii Five-0, which was also remade. Remember that cop show where all the eight were all of the like non-white actors left because they weren't being paid as much as their white counterparts? <sighs> hmm Anyway... moving on. to our final piece of news. So Corey Feldman, you know, former child star turned the world's worst musician. He launched an Indiegogo campaign to fund Corey Feldman's truth campaign. The tagline of it is, please help us uncover the truth through Corey's story in a film of his life. Nope. Not interested. Allow me to read the story. We are asking for friends, fans, family, industry peers, and people from all walks of life who may not know who Corey is or what the story is about to all help pitch in at fighting back against the Hollywood system, the best way a man created in the system knows to defend himself, by telling his truth through his art. This is much bigger than raising finance for a film. This is about the balance of good and evil in very real terms. Ever since Corey announced he was working on a plan to come forward with more information... He has been arrested, had a near-death event, and his band quit with no explanation other than saying they were afraid to continue. Corey and I, with I, I believe, being Courtney Mitchell, the person who actually started this, fear for our safety, and we need protection to get this truth out. To do this in the way Corey envisions, it will take both time and money, firstly as a security measure. Corey has already written down the names and details of the events and given them to a trusted person of power in case anything should happen to him or any member of his family before the film is finished. In order to make a true Hollywood blockbuster these days, the studios are spending upwards of one hundred and fifty million dollars on average. We are asking for less than a tenth of that to make a top level quality film that will be that will be guaranteed as a theatrical release. Even if every Twitter follower pitches in $100, we are there. We can protect ourselves with security and a legal team as we fight to tell this story and pay for the film's production, editing, marketing, and distribution. This one-time fee covers the whole process start to finish, and we'll pay for our and will pay for our family's <laughs> protection and security while we go through this very difficult, painful, and scary process. It will also cover, our, it will also cover initial legal fees. Additionally, Corey believes this revolutionary approach to self-financing and self-distribution can revolutionize the film industry and take power, take away the power from those who now hold the keys to the world of entertainment, which allows the power monsters to continue doing the things they have for so long. This can truly be a way to regain, regain control over who has access to children in the industry while weeding out the criminals who have already caused the damage. This is a call for the world to unite for a most important cause to preserve the innocence of children. Please do your part today.
1: I'm going to say that he wasn't, you know, mishandled and all that stuff, but this Indiegogo campaign is the worst possible, like, framing device for it.
0: For those who could not follow that, which I don't blame you, just for context, uh, that is all written as a single block paragraph with... Numerous spelling and grammatical mistakes. Uh, this, is a, this, is a wow. go, this is a Indiegogo campaign to raise $10 million to fund a film about Corey Feldman's life where he will be exposing multiple pedophiles that are currently in power in Hollywood. He has a list of those names as well as proof of those events that he has given to a trusted person should somebody try to murder him, which apparently they've started beginning the process of doing by having everybody around, by having all things in his life go horribly awry. Hey, Um. time of recording. They have raised one hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars. From all from two thousand eight hundred and fifty backers. Oh wait, sorry, I just re- I just reloaded the page uh, since since we started recording. They've actually raised one hundred and forty thousand from twenty nine hundred backers. If you
1: have proof. Why are you not just bringing that to trial?
0: There is a seven-minute video he recorded along with his Indiegogo campaign that you can watch. that might have answers. I'm not going to watch it. I'm too fucking tired. Oh, my this, throat this hurts. Gets, this makes my
1: brain hurt. This is just no. This is.
0: That's uh, no, for news. New releases. Who the fuck cares? It's the end of. It's the end of October. <laughs> Like, fuck, dude. Honestly, do you fucking care what's coming out this week? I'll take that silence as a no.
1: But I guess I cut out again.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, like, coming out this week, it's fucking a new Amityville and a new Saw movie. Like, fucking whoopty dee do Whoop-dee-dick, who gives a shit? Cares. next week though Thor Ragnarok that looks cool watch the
1: fuck out of that
0: yeah totally I I need a nap
1: on before your game starts
0: I don't have time I last night I went last night I went down for an hour and a half nap and I slept for seven hours missed the first hour of recording for the fucking comics podcast Anyway, thank y'all for joining us. We'll be back. Two weeks time with another episode of this shit. Till then I'm still kind of awake. Yeah. Uh, see ya next
1: want time.